Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity 2.0, the One True Podcast, and the only podcast with that estrogen vibe. That's right. Not only an estrogen vibe, but also a, a nurturing spirit. A um, testicular vibe? A testosterone vibe. That's what I was looking for. No, there's none of that. It's a manly testosterone podcast. Chuck, watch your language. Critically analyzes things. It's not, you know, I'm, we don't have any women viewers because we don't have that. Do we? Do we have the estrogen vibe? That must be coming from Matt. <clears throat> Wait, yeah, it's definitely coming from Matt. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Matt, we do have an estrogen vibe. Since That's what uh, I was the, saying. The topic of the podcast is uh, sexism in atheist uh, movement. Athe- sexism in atheism? That doesn't sound right, does it? Sexy atheist. Sexy is the atheist. Topic for today. Uh, that's why I'm on. Wow, there was like a long silence after that. <laughs> that was embarrassing. We've invited uh, Leela Moses to school us on uh, sexism and atheism. Welcome, Holy Leela. Holy shit, I'm on the podcast. Ah. Applause. Leela is all the way over on the other side of the world. The um, I believe it's called the wrong side of the world. The correct upper <laughs> edge of the world. Is, is, I've been told New Zealand is the anus of the world. Is that true? That's no, not. we're the top of the world. We're the top. I believe it's the sheep anus of the world. Don't sheep, <laughs> don't sheep outnumber people like three to one in New Zealand. I think cattle are catching up, actually. <laughs> we're diverse no. in New Zealand. We're diverse. Cow jokes aren't as funny, though. Not, no, not over there. If we come visit... Um, I, you need to take us to Matamori. Is that what it's called? That's where the that's where the hobbits are. I want to see the hobbits. Matamata? Oh, is that what it is? Mata, 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 mata. <laughs> it's like a small kind of farming town in the middle of nowhere that also happens to have Hobbiton. Yes. Yeah, that's it. I'm sorry, I don't speak your language. So I got it wrong. <laughs> do they still have all the hobbit holes over there? They do. I haven't actually been. Um, even though it's it's near Hamilton, where I'm from. Um, because it's kind of expensive, but yeah, there's hobbit holes and, and giant jugs of beer and you can have, you know, big chunks of bread and cheese and yeah. Like real beer? What's the definition of real beer, Matt? Uh, like just not, you know, not some sort of soda or something, not apple. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying because you, yeah, alcohol. Alcoholic Utah. beer? Because we're from Utah. And like... There's other types of beer? <laughs> Yeah, there's these bastard creations they have in Utah, and sometimes they call it beer. Yeah, they limit the amount of alcohol that you can put in Utah beer. Yeah. What? Really? So, yeah. Yeah, so we've got Leela Moses on the show. Leela's uh, primary purpose here is so that if Matt or I say anything sexist, uh, we can blame Leela. Yes. It's your fault. Yes. Um, that's right. So I'd like to start off by pointing out that my um, my only reason for being here, the only reason I was selected is because I have a vagina. That's true. And ah. that's, that's not sexist uh, some, somehow. Matt, I have a lot of friends who have vaginas. Really? Uh, you have vagina friends? Vagina uh, Americans? Or... <laughs> what would you call yourself, Lila? Are you a vagina, vagina New Zealander? Uh, she is an international vagina. <laughs> yes. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's what I'm going to put International on Vagina of Mystery. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I hear you're an atheist. How'd that happen? I, yes, <laughs> although there is actually an extensive debate online about whether 
when I say atheist, I mean atheist or agnostic. Um, I wasn't part of that debate, but it's quite extensive. They were debating about you? Yeah. What did they come up with? I'm not sure. I stopped paying attention. (laughs) I they didn't actually want me to participate in the discussion. You grew bored of the debate. Yeah, I think it was a bunch of white guys deciding for me. So what what could I say about that? They They must know. Just keep your mouth shut until the white guys finish talking, and then you'll know who you are. As a white guy, I will decide that you are an atheist. (laughs) I have spoken. There you go. (laughs) Problem solved. How do you identify yourself? As an atheist, yes, and a a skeptic as well. How uh, can an atheist have a name like Leela Moses, anyway? Well, fun story. Leela is actually um, the doctor's best companion. Yeah, because I always identify her with the Futurama, but apparently she's on Doctor Who. Well, I'm cosplaying the Futurama at Armageddon this weekend, but um, she is the most inappropriate companion to name your infant daughter after. She was a sort of savage cavewoman who wears a tiny little skimpy leather dress and goes around trying to kill people a lot. Yeah, when I see, oh. a, when I see a, a newborn baby, that's the first thing I think of. Yeah, well, then you're just like my dad. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and did they name you Moses because, oh, my God, never mind. What? <laughs> I, now I want to know what you're going to finish that sentence with. See, my no, my frontal lobe just kicked in. <laughs> inhibit, inhibit. <laughs> inhibit. I was going to say, did they name you Moses because your mother had a burning bush? That's. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's because I caught the water so well. <laughs> Oh, well, that's my a family God. Name. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> and it's on the record now. <laughs> With a name like Leela Moses, you would expect that you would not grow up to be a skeptic slash agnostic slash atheist. How did that happen? Were you raised atheist? No, I was raised um, pagan. Um, pagan? That would have been my second guess. Yeah, sort of hippie pagan. Never celebrated Christmas or Easter in my life. Um, so I always... I always had a strong streak of skepticism about every other religion but my own, um, including Christianity and, and all the majors. So it was fun when I first came across atheism, um, because so much of it is spent debunking Christianity, I could sit there and go, aha, I knew that. Yes, I knew that they stole that from Saturnalia. Or, ah, oh, yes, the goddess Astora of Easter, whose hair that lives on the moon gives birth to all the baby animals. I knew that. Um, Holy shit. Listening. Did your parents actually believe in paganism? Yes, my mother. Yes. She did? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of a fun, it's a fun way to grow up. <laughs> but listening to you guys, actually, I, um, I came to laugh at the Mormons, and I ended up laughing at myself as well, which is... That's the first step. It's easy to laugh at Mormons. Right. <laughs> a little harder to laugh at yourself. Yeah, but it was good. Well done. You get past so the you, <laughs> Do you you identify as a skeptic and an atheist, even though there's rampant misogyny in both movements? Um, internationally, yes. Not so much over here. Oh, there's a Everybody. rampant rampant American misogyny that I probably should clarify. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in in laughing and D and D tabletop gaming, um, there's so many women over here. It's just not at all like what you hear about in the states. So it really does just make me blame you guys for your own problems. <laughs> Did you say <laughs> larping? Blaming? Sorry, sorry. You said larping. 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 What? What God's is larping? 
Uh, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but you sew amazing costumes, dress up, and bash each other with swords. Matt, it's live action role playing. That sounds amazingly nerdy. How can <laughs> I, I get in on this? On the record, it's saying that laughers are his favorite people in the world, right? Who's who said that? Chuck. I believe that's an exact quote. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Chuck. Let me tell you about son Chuck. He has no favorite people. <laughs> he hates everyone. <laughs> All people irritate him. Uh, that is true. Um, I do not recall saying that. I'm like Ronald Reagan at the Iran conference. <laughs> I, don't, I don't recall. Just pull a Cheney and just say, I didn't say that. It doesn't matter if they have it recorded. You just keep I didn't say that. Nope. <laughs> hey, look, if Leela LARPs, it's good enough for me. You didn't dress up as a werewolf like Leighton did, did you? No, no. no see I did dress up as a Pan Am stewardess, though, Matt. While, oh. while LARPing? As, well, <laughs> that's what? amazing. You've LARPed as a Pan Am stewardess. Oh, yeah. What weapon does a stewardess employ? Also, they're called flight attendants, Leela, you sexist <laughs> pig. Well, it was in the 1960s. We could say things like that. So you didn't – did you have to go through uh, like an uh, like an intellectual uh, – was, was it an issue for you? I, I mean I had to drop Christianity as a worldview – uh, which took me years. When you, you grow up with it, it gets pounded into you, and to crawl out of it, it, it can t- take a while. Uh, was that an issue for you? Um, not sure how much detail to go into since this is going online, but so I was maybe a bit of a munter in my youth. Um, and that, when wait, I, I, define that. <laughs> define that term. <laughs> that sounds like a science fiction term. <laughs> munter? People who need to know know what that is. Well, <laughs> Rather than going the opposite direction and giving it all up and finding God, I kind of gave it all up, uh, my head cleared, and I looked around and went, oh, there's not one. Okay. Um, and I was never hugely – I mean, it, it, sort of the difference between people whose families are just Catholics and they just kind of – they believe it, they don't make a big deal of it, and the evangelical, nutty, in-your-face, everything-has-to-be-about-Jesus sort of people – I call most pagans born-again pagans because they're very much in that vein of, look at me, I'm a pagan, black nail polish, yeah, the goddess all the time. Um, whereas I was third generation, so it was just sort of an underlying belief in everything. And I was kind of embarrassed about people who talked about it the whole time, um, which makes me suspect maybe I'd never really believed it that much. I'm not sure. I, <laughs> it was hard. I could definitely identify with that. I felt embarrassed every time someone brought up Mormonism when I was a kid. I hated talking about my religion. But it was still a painful... That deconversion process was still painful for me. Was it painful for you, or are you just going to eh, shrug it off and move forward? Um, I guess it was, a, it was a little uncomfortable, yeah. I was um, partway through a philosophy degree, so I did sort of semi-understand all those arguments, and uh, philosophy doesn't really involve evidence, does it? But, but all that sort of thing... <laughs> But, yeah, the other thing was um, it kind of came hand-in-hand hand with skepticism. Um, being a pagan, I was – well, uh, that kind of homeopathy and, and acupuncture and things are very mainstream in New Zealand. And while I was pregnant, I found out that my rubella immunization levels were low. Um, and I went to a homeopath to, to get something to help prevent it. And that was the first time I ever actually heard what homeopathy was. So an actual homeopath explained it to me that it was diluted down to levels where there was no active ingredient left. And I kind of looked at him and went, what? 
<laughs> you fucking what? <laughs> really? Uh, you're an idiot. So you can <laughs> yeah. get the same thing out of your tap, basically, out of your yeah. faucet. <laughs> so rather than shopping in a shop, going to an actual homeopath and, and talking it through with them was just, uh, yeah, what? Ah, fuck off. No, thank you. But yeah, so nothing very exciting, I'm afraid. So not really traumatic. Um, That's actually that. – I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that people can go that route without having to go through years of like guilt and confusion. I wonder though how um, – I mean guilt isn't a big part of the pagan mindset, right? No, and we were very much uh, pick and choose your goddess, you know. No structured religion, kind of whatever, energy, goddessy, karma – so that so it sounds like Christianity's bad coming and going, man. Paganism's just a much better idea, regardless. Yep. That was actually the uh, the the sidestep, I, I guess you could say, I took from Christianity to atheism was a little dalliance in paganism because it sounded it sounded nice. It, it sounded kind of fun. And by yeah. dalliance, you mean running around naked uh, around the Mayflower Pole every spring. By dalliance, I, I most. I mostly mean mushrooms and LSD. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. And peyote. Come on. Hey, I, I'm not doing drugs. I'm a pagan. I'm a pagan. It's a religious ceremony. <laughs> it's a really Exactly. It's a Take religious, it to court. It was created by a bunch of weird white guys in the 19th century, but... <laughs> Look, it was a sincerely held belief that I sincerely held. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's right, and who can question that? No one. Nobody. It is not up to us to question whether my beliefs were <laughs> valid. Exactly. So what were we talking about again? Sexism Sex and atheism. Oh, sexism. Wait. Oh, wait, hey, what? Matt, Matt in, in deference to uh, the estrogen vibe, yes. we are actually for the first time in either in edition, iteration. edition iteration of our iteration. podcast, we are going to have a woman on for the skunk dick segment. Yes. In, honor, in honor of that, Leela, we have renamed this segment the skunk, <laughs> the skunk Vagina segment. Oh, I'm honored. So honored. <laughs> it is indeed. It Finally, is an quality. It is a, what it's all about. Yeah. A high, high honor. Yeah, it is. It, truly quantity over quality. And let me apologize <laughs> in advance. <laughs> <clears throat> what are you apologizing for, man? I don't know. I'll probably say something. Just, just in general. <laughs> I'd like to issue a blanket advance apology for anything offensive I might say over the next hour. Just tuck it away and keep it for when you need it. All right, let's move to skunk dicks really quickly because uh, we got a lot to talk about. The first skunk dick, uh, how about Phil Robertson? Phil Robertson. Who is this guy? He's, he's one of those commanders. Is he a commander or is he merely a duck um, sergeant, I don't he know. He is the commander of ducks. Oh, he is the commander? He's the commander. He's the oldest and the most, uh, I believe, male of all of them. <laughs> He's the most fiercely bearded. Um, <laughs> he started it all. <laughs> Why is he in the news? Well, we all remember last time he gave up. He gave a talk. It was about something about uh, marrying young women. Like, women are... You marry them when they're 13, 14, because they get too old, they get educated, and they're ruined. Right. They, they get too independent once they hit 15. <laughs> right. 
So you got to get yeah, them young. Yeah, does that. You know, yeah. once they have puberty, it's kind of uh... – It's over. They but get we their heard own that, mind. We heard that sermon. We're not, we're not debating that anymore. Oh. He, he made his points. We all agreed. Um, <laughs> I think. But now you're probably wondering – you're probably saying to yourself, how can I not contract chlamydia like we always do, right? Well, the answer is biblically correct sex. Matt, what is biblically correct sex? I don't know. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree that in the Bible, it's, um, it's Lot and his daughters, not in his sons. So that's, that's biblically correct sex. There you go. you got to have sex with your nieces. But only if you're drunk. Not your nephews. Not right. your nephews. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and that's after you've offered your nieces to the gay men outside who are uh, <laughs> aching to have gay sex with your angels. No, no, oh, no. No, no, no. Take my virgin daughters. It was his daughters, wasn't it? That's right. He wanted to give yeah. his daughters to the crowd. Yeah. Well, um, Phil Robertson says, Biblically correct sex is safe. You're not going to get chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, AIDS. If a man marries a woman, and neither of you have it, and you keep your sex between the two of you, you're not going to ever get sexually transmitted diseases. I'd buy that. That sounds about right. Isn't biblically correct sex, though, uh, like King Solomon and, and a thousand of his concubines? That seems I, pretty risky to me. I thought it was David wanting um, who Bathsheba. who was this? Bathsheba who was married to what's that's, his face? That's biblically correct. Biblically correct sex is raping a woman outside of the uh, village and paying her father fifty shekels so that you can continue to rape her for the rest of her life. Right. Well, uh, I thought it was uh, Abraham and Sarai, his his sister. That's biblically <laughs> <correct>. <laughs> no, no, biblically correct sex. Is having sex with one of the men you rule over his wife, and then she gets married, and then trying to get him drunk and convince him to have sex with her so he doesn't find out. But then when he doesn't, send him off to battle and hope he gets killed, which he does. That's right. I mean, that's that's actually the myth that I've followed myself. <laughs> that's an awfully specific myth. <laughs> that you know, so far, yeah. It, it's see you know you've you've got polygamy in the Bible you got wives and concubines you got all kinds of sex going on in the Bible this is not a the Bible's not a PG document so uh, Phil Robertson's he needs to actually read what's actually in the Bible I think rather than what's in his head Chuck he says it right here he says look God's way is the safe way that's all I'm saying and then he quizzes them for some reason true or false man weeps woman marries her keeps her sex right there the children come. The chance of them getting a sexually transmitted disease, would you say, is almost zero? You can say it, he said. <laughs> he told Almost me. zero? You think an omnipotent, you think an omnipotent <laughs> God <laughs> Yeah, would make that exactly zero. <laughs> well, you two sound like you have one of those orthodox liberal opinions. Just breed anything and anybody. Just have at it. Go for it. Don't be shackled and live a life of restraint. Before God Almighty. Ooh, shackles. Yeah, shackles sounds pretty nice. That's the only word I heard in that entire thing. <laughs> what else you got, Matt? I'm done I've with Duck it. Commander. I'm retiring <laughs> him. No more talk about Phil Robertson. Commander, you are dismissed. Um, Steve Deese. I, 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 I want to say douche, but I don't want to insult douches. Um, Steve Deese wrote an article or an editorial for USA Today. About recently, the Supreme Court, they basically refused to hear the 
the what were they? The appeals to the state rulings on uh, gay marriage, including uh, my home state of Utah. By the way, that's right. Does that mean that um, that uh, Mormon kid's going to start starving himself again? Oh, what was that dude's name? I hope one so. can only hope. One can only hope. Well, um, we're getting quality and taking care of the obesity problem, so it's a win-win situation. <laughs> Two solutions. Well, he says, since laws defining marriage as civil society has always known it, have come under assault, we've seen unprecedented attacks on religious liberty, free speech, and private property rights. Just as those of us in favor of the traditional definition of marriage have always warned would happen. You see? You see what has happened, Chuck? What, I'm going to give him a little tip here. Um, in your battle to uh, get rid of gay marriage rights. You need to somehow make it profitable for a corporation to stop gay marriage. Once that <laughs> happens, you got the Supreme Court on board. But um, but he's not wrong. I mean, um, after the civil unions in my family, um, we all went out and beat up some Christians, and um, they're they're going to be upgrading because uh, gay marriage is legal now in New Zealand. They'll be being upgraded to marriages this year. Um, and we're actually planning oh, to oh. Um, lock some Christians in their church and burn it to the ground, I believe, is the traditional way to celebrate a gay marriage. But that's, you know, that's just how it should be. Not no since the time of Diocletian have Christians had it this bad. I mean, for God's oh. sakes, they're being called bigots. That is probably the worst thing in the history of Christianity, including... Jesus' crucifixion. <laughs> oh, I heard that was the Jews, though. That's, uh, right. That's right. I think it was gay marrying Jews, though, that did it. What a horrible time to be a Christian in America. What a horrible time to be a bigot. The freedom of my bigotry is being called into question. That's right. And he said, now those who shout tolerance, we shout it, are noticeably silent when such intolerance threatens to irrevocably undermine the God-given rights our Constitution is based on. Oh, crap. He's, you know, now he's playing the uh, now who's tolerant and also the Constitution is written by God in one sentence. He, um, he oh. forgot about free speech. That should be in there, too. <laughs> he missed his free oh. speech. I mean, what rights are we talking about? It's the right to discriminate against other people and the right to be an asshole, basically, that we're uh, being intolerant of. Yes. Yes, we I don't. I don't re recall the right to discriminate or the right to be an asshole enshrined in the Constitution. God left that part out. Twenty seventh um, Amendment, I think. I don't know, but as an outsider looking into America, I'd say the right to be an asshole must be in there somewhere because <laughs> it's a little bit rampant. Because it's exercised so frequently. <laughs> I assumed it must be the first one, right? Where, where is it? It's just a given because it's it's so obvious, I guess, that it doesn't need to be stated explicitly. Well, Steve Deese, um, he finishes with uh, people's rights are being threatened because they believe in marriage as we've always known it. Always. The more that Americans see this debate isn't really about equality, but about using the coercive force of government to make you abandon your own conscience, the more support for the other side will continue to decline. Again, all we're asking of this guy is uh, to tolerate when people get the same rights as the, that are now currently enjoyed by everyone else. Yeah, uh, you know. And, but he sees that he perceives that as this 
fist to his balls. The proverbial fist to his balls. <laughs> the proverbial one? Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with that proverb. Could you ask <laughs> It's in the Bible, man. <laughs> All right, Matt, our third skunk vagina actually has a vagina. It's Joyce Meyer. Joyce Meyer? Who's that? You remember Joyce Meyer. She's a crabby grandma who uh, is is mad that we're so impatient that, that we can't wait for our internet hookup. <laughs> oh, where's my right. amen, damn it? Oh, where's my amen? You don't remember that, Matt? What a terrible fan you are. Uh, I never listened to podcasts. Oh, you bastard. Joyce Meyer tweeted, Stop trying to figure so much stuff out and just believe. Hashtag Joyce Meyer. <laughs> Oh, that's right. She's the master of the hashtag. Someone needs to tell her on your own account. You don't have to hashtag yourself. (laughs) No, she's saying stop trying to figure things out and just believe her. Oh, yeah. Just believe. Just just believe. The subtext being uh, just fork over your fucking money. All all this trying to figure stuff out is slowing down the avalanche of money that is usually coming my way. God's <laughs> sakes. Don't think. Hey, have you downloaded the Joyce Meyer Ministries app for your, app for your iPhone, Chuck? Of course. You get your daily dose of crabbiness. Uh, does it take actual video footage of her trying to cut somebody off and then them making a rude gesture at her? But it's all right because they can't take her joy. You can't steal my joy. And then she also yeah, tweeted, there's never a time when it's not right to do the right thing. Matt, is it sexist if you keep cutting our guest off? Um, it's not me being sexist, Chuck. It's <laughs> physics. It's, <laughs> it's transmission need, over distance. <laughs> you, you need to double down on your not sexism. I think it's Leela being sexist for staying in New Zealand <laughs> and not coming to Utah to be on the podcast. The least she could have done. Oh, my God. Yes, I'm coming to Utah. Give me your address right now. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. People might notice I'm not actually on the podcast because I have anything interesting to input, but just because I'm a rabid fan. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have any interesting people on the podcast. We prefer simply rabid fans. You know, I'll fill that role perfectly. (laughs) Uh, Matt, who's your vote? Who's your skunk vagina of the week? My skunk vagina is for Phil Robertson. Phil Robertson and uh, Leela. Oh, I get a vote. What's your um, vote? Your uh, vote is merely I'll worth. I'll use my t-shirt. estrogen vibe and vote for Joyce Myers. Joyce Myers, and I'm going to vote for Glenn Beck because fuck <laughs> him, <laughs> fuck that bastard. God, I hate him. All right, Chuck, we'll put. Yes. No what? matter what your plan is, God has the right to interrupt your plan <laughs> with His plan anytime He wants to. Hashtag Joyce Myers because he's a dick. <laughs> All right, I'm putting that in the computer. What do we got? Oh, my God. It's something that's going to draw a lot of crap to us. <laughs> it's going to get us in trouble. It is the entire atheist movement. Wow, that's impressive. It's all of them? That's pretty. That's a pretty broad brush. That includes us, I think. Yeah, but- <laughs> it includes you, Leela. It's we've, Leela. <laughs> we've just skunk vaginaed ourselves. Damn it. That backfired. That back. Oops. <laughs> Specifically, certain leaders of the atheist movement who uh, are, are making themselves famous for just being gigantic misogynist assholes. Hold on, hold on. I just want to say, 
this is the second time I've won the skunk dick vagina. But the, or yeah, the, <laughs> the skunk is dick only, vagina. Is that only two? <laughs> it's only two. <laughs> but that's one more than you. Ha <laughs> uh, ha. Let's see here. And we've brought we brought Leela on to uh, make sure we don't say anything sexist while we're discussing sexism in, in atheism. Too late. Too late. Leela. <laughs> yeah, um, I've actually joined the men's rights movement, so I believe the only <laughs> sexism is against white men. You're a men's rights activist. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, yeah. Men's have rights too. For God's sakes, you keep forgetting. They do. Oh wait, yes. Take the red pill. Yes. <laughs> We've got all the rights, and you can't share them. Matt, Who do you gonna, think you are? <laughs> I'm going to focus on three atheist leaders, two of whom I, I've never really liked in the first place, so <laughs> I don't have any problem <laughs> with it, and one is a huge disappointment. First, uh, Sam Harris. Um, Sam. I, I have to admit that I – Author, speaker. He's a neuroscientist, right? Yeah, End of Faith and Letter to Christian Nation are both very short books, and i got to admit I did not make it through either of them. I didn't start any of them. No, no, did I. (laughs) (laughs) It was so excruciatingly boring. However, I feel I'm still going to comment on him and condemn him today. Yeah, so uh, recently, uh, what I'm I'm bothered about, aside from his uh, really dense prose (laughs) and unreadable text, is uh, a recent Washington Post article by Michelle Borstein. She was at an event with Sam Harris, And she asked him uh, why the vast majority of atheists uh, and many of those who buy his books are male, a a topic which has prompted some to raise questions of sexism within the atheist community. Now, I'm not sure that's correct. I'm not sure the vast majority of atheists are male. I bet they aren't. Well, I I know that in New Zealand, um, I wouldn't know the exact numbers, but certainly at the sort of under 50 group, there seems to be pretty much the same number of men and women. So, I, now I don't want to be racist here, but this might be an American problem that you're. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what Sam Harris says. He says, uh, I think it may have to do with my personal slant as an author being very critical of bad ideas. This can sound very angry to people. People just don't like to have their ideas criticized. There's something about that critical posture that is to some degree intrinsically male and more attractive to guys than to women. The atheist variable, it doesn't obviously have this nurturing, coherence-building, extra estrogen vibe that you would want by default if you wanted to attract as many women as men. And, and so there he, you have it. He's saying critical thinking is intrinsically male? Uh, to some degree, Matt, it is intrinsically oh, to some male. Degree. Ah. Well, that makes perfect sense. That's why most scientists are men, right? You have to see, Matt, to some degree... All women are nurturing, and they value coherence building, you know, that, that estrogen vibe. So the well, problem yeah, is – That's sorry, how it is with ladies. <laughs> we just, you know, we just want all atheists to, to stand around and hold hands. And let's, let's all just cuddle, I think. And just get along, right? Yeah. I mean – But not so – actually, no, not cuddle because that would be inappropriate touching. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was almost on board with that idea. That might be. <laughs> then I heard cuddling was out. Yeah, harassment. Um, <laughs> Damn it. But unfortunately, uh, Leela probably shouldn't be able to comment on this because she uh, doesn't value critical thinking. No. Because that's intrinsically male. Right. I, I couldn't hear you over the um, over my ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> 
over all that estrogen coursing through your veins? Oh, it was pumping through me, yeah. Oh. Now, I, I just need now, to bake a cake or something. <laughs> Maybe the problem is Sam Harris didn't define to what degree he was speaking of. Maybe he should have said a percentage. Well, that's Some part sort of, of between 1 and 10 thing or something. That's part of the problem because he wrote a long article uh, responding to this because he, you know, justifiably received some criticism. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he said, I apologize. I did not mean to assume that your gender places some sort of cultural burden upon you. And uh, so what did he say? No, he pretty much repeated what he said in the first place. Oh. But um, he says it right here in his first statement. People just don't like to have their ideas criticized. And by people, he meant Sam Harris. That's exactly right. <laughs> you see, people don't like to have their opinions criticized, especially Sam Harris. And this is a problem, I think, when you become prominent. And Sam Harris is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Right. So uh, when you get prominent, you start thinking – you start believing your own press, you start thinking that every idea you have is rational and must be founded on a rational basis, right? And so you can't be wrong, so you've got to somehow justify how you're right, even when you're obviously, obviously wrong. Look, this is just ridiculous paranoia. Matt, he goes over... He goes over a conversation he had at a book signing uh, that was shortly after uh, these terrible comments with a uh, estrogen-filled female. And she says, uh, What you said about women in the atheist community was totally denigrating to women and irresponsible. Women can think just as critically as men, and men can be just as nurturing as women. Uh, and he says, Of course they can. But if you think there are no differences in the aggregate between people who have Y chromosomes and people who don't, if you think testosterone has no psychological effects on human minds in general, if you think we can't save others... Oh, my God. Harris, shut the fuck up. That's the problem. There's no ability to back away from a statement, is there? To, to you know, <laughs> no. apologize and move on to the next topic. Just, no. Uh. She says you should just know that what you said was incredibly sexist and very damaging and you should apologize. This seems to me really reasonable, right? He says, you really are determined to be offended, aren't you? It's like you have installed a tripwire in your mind and you're just waiting for people to cross it. <laughs> She's just setting him up. She's just a shrill, hysterical uh, feminazi, Matt, just waiting to be offended. Yeah, in fact, um, maybe she should go and see her doctor and get diagnosed with hysteria from a wandering womb, because that's clearly what's going on here. <laughs> she says, no, you're just totally unaware of how sexist you are. Again, she comes off as being completely reasonable in this conversation, and he says, listen, I was raised by a single mother. <laughs> I love gay people. I have I, black friends. I have two daughters. Most of my editors have been women, and my first, last, and best editor is always my wife. If you really want to know the truth about me, I tend to respect women more than men. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it's actually an honest statement about my psychological biases. I'm not the sexist pig you're looking for. Well, there you go. Oh, but uh, in that Star Wars scene they actually are the droids they're looking for. <laughs> and we've, yeah, unfortunately, Obi, Obi-Wan's mind trick worked. Sam Harris's Jedi mind trick just, just fell flat. <laughs> and you can tell when he's 
running backwards so fast that he has to use the uh, my some of my best friends are black defense. <laughs> Did he? Do you think he waved his hand when he said listen, that? Listen, <laughs> listen. I was raised by a woman. <laughs> I actually grew for nine months inside of a woman, so I can't I, be sexist. I used to live in a vagina. How can, <laughs> how can I be sexist? Oh, God almighty, Sam Harris. It would be nice, I think, it would be nice if uh, our impulse to defend ourselves, you know, wouldn't come out. Because I think people are very forgiving if you just say, look, oh my God. I don't know what I was saying. You are absolutely right. I was totally wrong. That was a sexist comment. I will try in the future to be uh, a lot more aware of what I say and how I say it because my whole fucking job is to communicate shit. You know, then it just washes over. But when you when you uh, get your dander up and you, you do an entire long article purporting to explain your terrible comments and you just dig your hole... Right. Thirty feet deeper. I mean, it just it just looks ten times worse. Oh, the double down. The Look, double Chuck, down. Um, when he was speaking about atheists, for one thing, about how uh, there's more man, there seems to be more men than women. He was only referring to active atheists, like the kind that go to conferences. And um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that makes a to, difference. There's, there's no, there's no sexism vibe. There's no problem at conferences that would make women less inclined to attend them. I haven't heard any problem with conferences. The fact that we had entire heated conversations about whether or not sexual harassment policy should even fucking exist, yeah, I'm sure doesn't turn people off. No. Or perhaps, you know, he talks about why. He goes, hey, you know, Fortune 500 companies, there's only 2% of women who are CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, and I'm sure that's not because of sexism. Nope. I mean, you can hear the crickets. Yeah, well... You don't think that's because of sexism? You don't think that that's because for the last 50 years, nearly entirely all uh, CEOs have been male? You, you, and there's been a glass ceiling for for uh, as, as long as businesses have existed? No, clearly not. It's It's because he says, it's because perhaps a lot of women, uh, parentheses, heroically, spend their 20s and 30s having children. <laughs> Well, at least they're heroes. Well, I, I believe there's a very similar statistics about uh, black CEOs. I believe it's about the same, about 2%. Surely that's because black men spend their 20s and 30s heroically raising <laughs> children. Single black fathers. That's and not because, not because of endemic racism or the historically... Uh, the historic difficulty it is for blacks to rise through the ranks of businesses. Because, why? Because they're dominated by old white people. Which, by the way, might be another reason the atheist movement as it stands is not as attractive to women. Because uh, its most prominent leaders are all old white men. I mean, how how different is that from, say, the LDS church? (laughs) Uh, Sam Harris, before we leave Sam Harris, uh, he has a solution, Chuck. He believes that a less angry and more nurturing style of discourse might might attract more women to the cause. You know cause. what? That's totally wrong, Matt. I think the solution is if if men were raised by women, I think sexism <laughs> would go away. If that's right. Only... And if they are married women as well. Yes. That would <laughs> only... It's an argument against gay marriage. 
<laughs> Only men married women and were raised by women. They wouldn't be sexist. Problem oh my solved. God. Solved it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Richard Dawkins, whose uh, oh. I think misogyny and sexism is uh, even worse than Sam Harris's. I mean, you guys, do you, do you remember during uh, Elevator Gate when he wrote his Dear Muslima comment? Ah, yes. No, I, I didn't notice that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was buried inside a long post on PZ Meyer's blog, uh, Feringula. But it was essentially saying, Dear American women, stop whining because in the uh, Muslim world, uh, there's genital mutilation and uh, women can't drive cars and that, and that stuff. But go ahead, go ahead. Keep whining, my American sisters, which uh, would sound offensive enough from an actual woman, but coming from you know a 70-year-old man is, uh, oh, God. But, you know, Harris has made this comment and he's dug down into it and, and it's become a mess. But it seems like every time Dawkins opens his mouth, um, I get more and more embarrassed by the books I have on my bookshelf, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop. This, he should not be allowed to use Twitter. <laughs> Dawkins, I, I, I am all for censoring your freedom of speech. <laughs> but it's in his self-interest, I think. It, I'm, it's, I'm doing this out of a concern for you. Uh, it's because... like you take old people's driver's licenses away. <laughs> he needs to have it taken away from him. Exactly. Your Twitter permit has been revoked. He does not understand the medium. Uh, he just makes himself look worse and worse. Because he's a philosopher now, right? Instead of just a uh, evolutionary biologist? Or... Yeah, he's always been a preeminent philosopher. Yeah, Dawkins, I think, has kind of had a, a smoldering uh, problem with this stuff for a while now. And it's just uh, only recently become... Undeniable. I mean, uh, you want to give the guy benefit of the doubt because uh, I do, because I've read his books and I enjoy his books. I think Blind Watchmaker was uh, critical for me in accepting evolution and uh, a stepping stone toward atheism. Uh, I think um, Greatest Show on Earth was fantastic. Selfish Gene was good. God Delusion, I thought, was really good. But you're right. I cannot, uh, you know, given what he, he has tweeted, I, I can't defend this guy anymore. Uh, and further, I I don't want him part of my movement. Is he... Uh, Certainly not as he... a representative of the movement. Y- yeah, I'd feel bad enough as him being on the fringe, right? As still part of the <laughs> movement. But Jesus Christ, he's one of the most preeminent atheists on the planet. Uh, let, let's go into, let's stop talking about hypotheticals like uh, Richard Dawkins will, um, and let's talk about his actual uh, tweets. His tweets will make a little more sense when we talk about Michael Shermer, otherwise they're kind of out of the blue, but he's a little irritated that uh, Shermer's had uh, some bad publicity recently. And so he tweeted, raping a drunk woman is appalling. Hey, that's great, Richard. Uh, if only stop. you would have stopped there. <laughs> Period. I agree. (laughs) I agree, Dr. Dawkins. Uh, So is jailing a man when the sole prosecution evidence is, quote, I was too drunk to remember what Uh, happened. Well, you can't forget about the men, as usual. What's important? What's more important, Chuck? It's the men. Uh, Matt, Uh, has a man ever been jailed when the sole prosecution evidence is, I was too drunk to remember what happened? Does that ever fucking go to trial? That Ever? always happens. Always. It's always like, I don't remember anything. I don't know who that is. I Arrest can't. that man. 
<laughs> Arrest yes. every man in the county just in case. That's actually Always. what us women say. Like, oh, man, that, that man just looked at me and he's unattractive. I'm going to call the police and get him thrown in jail for the rest of his life for rape. Right. I mean, how many times has that happened to you, Lila, where you've gone to a bar, you've gotten shit drunk out of your mind, you've woken up and said, ah, it's possible that I was raped. I don't remember shit, but I want you to jail somebody. I mean, isn't yeah, that pretty actually, much weekly? Every person who had a penis <laughs> in that bar needs to be, because it could have been any of them. Exactly. Look, look you two. That's don't. No, that's just me. Look, look, you guys are being sexist. I do that all the time, too, all right? I get all drunk, and I wake up, and I make I wake yet. up, and I'm like, my anus is a little sore. I might have been <laughs> raped. I'm going straight to the police. All the uh, time. And they take Richard Dawkins. Seriously. They take me so seriously that they jail the guy. Absolutely. Chuck, look, he, he covered, he came back. He covered that up. He says, don't ever rape anyone, drunkers sober don't and then, then he, he stopped writing <laughs> <laughs> and tweeted it right he hit the because i button. agree with that <laughs> that's right but um now that we've left the rape topic behind how about i start talking about pedophilia <laughs> whether oh. mild pedophilia is okay no it's not like real pedophilia or anything oh my god mild just, pedophilia oh, just, just stop <laughs> <laughs> a little fondly mild pedophilia never really hurt anyone I mean come on I just uh, I can't I, I, you know it's hard to even talk about it. I'm so I'm speechless it's just so unbelievable but um, I, I've been told off for posting things about Dawkins who's you know kind of undeniably gone off the deep end with that one but uh, saying that you know you're tearing the movement apart and we need to support each other and, and you know, does, does it need to be one movement? Does it? Does everyone need to agree, really? I, I absolutely reject that wholeheartedly. I, I think that um, a unified movement is not important to me. And, and I think that um, just because he's an atheist or just because he's a prominent atheist, that does not give him a free pass to say ridiculously misogynistic or, or, or demonstrably untrue things. I, I would absolutely agree that uh, you need to point this out and uh, you need to make these people, if not realize uh, what absolute assholes that they're being, then you, uh, at the very least, remove their credibility when they talk. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure I'll be purchasing any more of Dawkins' books. Uh, I just can't, I can't look past this. Uh, he, he went on to say, if you want to drive, don't get drunk. If you want to be in a position to testify and jail a man, don't get drunk. But Because that's what I go out, you know, when I'm out for a good time. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go out and find a man to testify against and put in yes, jail. That's, that's the point of this thing. That's foremost in everyone's mind, I think, when they take that first drink. I don't know. This might remove my ability to testify and jail a man. <laughs> how, about, how about if a woman is too drunk to consent, don't have sex with her? Now, now you're being ridiculous. I'm How will anyone I'll make it? I'll make it better for Dawkins. If anyone is too drunk to consent, don't have sex with him or her. That might be at least uh, palatable to, to Dawkins, mm. because it includes the men's. <laughs> so well, that with- exists. I thought that I was left <laughs> right now. <laughs> 
I mean, isn't isn't this just a, a little victim blaming here? Chuck, are you saying I can't get drunk? If you hadn't gotten drunk, I mean, you don't. You think you really deserve it if you get drunk and you can't uh, consent? Don't you? Don't. Isn't it a fact that you deserve to be raped? I think that's part of the drinking experience. <laughs> isn't he saying it's impossible to rape someone when they're drunk because they can't remember? Are you saying yeah, I can't get drunk? Yeah, it's a victimless crime. There's no memory of it. So I can't get drunk and rape people, but I also can't get drunk and get raped either and then testify? Matt, if you want to be in a position to jail a man, yeah, don't get drunk. Damn it. I can't do anything fun. Dawkins. Where uh, yeah, I, how am I going to – how am I going to – what am I – I can't recommend them to people now in, in good conscience. I can't well, yeah, say, uh, oh, you want to read something good? Here's some Dawkins. Even though the greatest show on earth for someone who wants to get a, a, a understanding of evolution, you know, that's a, that's a really good book. But now I'm like, uh, what's uh, – who's somebody else? <laughs> you know, what, who's, what else can I think of? We need another book. Where are his tweets about consent? I mean, how about if someone who's mentally incapacitated? I mean, if if you want to be in a position to testify and jail a man, don't be in the unfortunate position of being mentally incapacitated enough, right? Clearly, that's, that's right. not a crime you either. That extra chromosome, if you wanted to be able to jail people, that's right. right. You shouldn't have been born that way. Don't. If you want to be in a position to testify and jail a man, don't be born that way. Where are his tweets about? Consent. That's what I want to know. Where are all of Dawkins' tweets about the importance of obtaining consent or the ability to uh, obtain consent? Where are those tweets? Why is it all about the man? He just hasn't happened to talk about those, you know, hypothetical situations that people shouldn't get all worked up about um, yet. That's too hypothetical. It's not like he's talking about real things. He's just throwing questions out there. He's just asking questions, okay? (laughs) Those are too hypothetical to really even discuss, but the hypothetical situation of a woman who, who goes out to a bar with a desire to testify against and jail a man, that's not too hypothetical. Or uh, a man who's already been jailed because a woman said he raped him, uh, she got raped by a guy, but she didn't remember shit about it, you know, because that happens all the time. Uh, I will say that, yeah, uh, Richard Dawkins was a, a tremendous disappointment to me. And I, I'm just uh, just irritated at just how common this is in the uh, atheist community. How common the misogyny is at, at conferences and and uh, amongst the uh, leaderships, the people who are supposed to be the best and brightest of us. Well, th- what's you know what surprised me is that <laughs> being an atheist and the uh, you know superior being that we all are, uh, I thought we were above this kind of thing. I thought I thought that if you had the mental capacity to go to be an atheist that that expanded your mind to the point that you would get past you know the other hills of this world racism and sexism and and you would maybe operate at a maybe a, a higher intellectual i don't know capacity but um Matt, that's just your estrogen vibe speaking that's just i'm just being nurturing i suppose it's but just your yeah your ovaries talking uh but apparently that's not true they're apparently just being an atheist does not confer any sort of special uh, status upon us like I hoped it did. No, and part of the problem, too, is that uh, being a white male, it's very difficult because you've lived with that privilege your entire life. It's very difficult, I think, to 
one see beyond those blinders uh and and two recognize when you've obviously said something stupid uh that it is actually stupid and not somehow in retrospect justifiable <laughs> you know what i mean we all are kind of the star of our own movie show and and we all we all see ourselves i guess as as reasonable rational and not sexist and not racist so I guess it comes as a surprise when you're called out on it. I, you know, understandably, I suppose your first defense is to to deny it. But the problem with Dawkins is it's it's repeated and prolonged uh, and uh, habitual. Yeah, the challenge of privilege. It's uh, it's one you got to think about sometimes. But Dawkins is a lot. I mean, he's an older person, isn't he? And I mean, we don't have the same gender issues that you guys seem to have. We are a lot smaller of a place. Um, it, it's certainly a very white movement in New Zealand, um, which as a Māori person has stood out quite strongly to me. Um, but most people seem all right about it, but there are the, you know, the much older guys who have been in the movement since before, I guess, the internet um, made it explode. And they've... You know, they make some some uncomfortable comments at times that are, oh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I guess it's sort of like um, like Dawkins, you know, this this logical person who just hasn't really had to face these issues before and, and can't understand them. It is awkward, isn't it? Like when you're sitting at your grandparents' house and they, who you know are basically nice, decent people, come out with some obviously racist comments. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're a product of their upbringing, I suppose, uh, where 50 years ago that that would not have been considered racist at all, and, and it was common discourse. But now here in the 21st century, uh, it just feels really uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, I Well, I, I get the sense, like, would you feel that with the explosion of the Internet and social media and, and being able to give a voice to, to anyone – that that there is that old that old boys club has been invaded and they seem to be a little, a little bugged by it you know yeah angry certainly that they're being called to the carpet uh on all this stuff where they would uh a either have been given a pass because of their prominence before or b it never even would have been brought up yeah so yeah Dawkins is kind of like your old racist sexist grandpa yeah it's just very awkward Shermer is like your creepy uncle, uncle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um my grandpa is maori and my grandma is gay so that's not really an issue in my family but i i get the idea yeah <laughs> you can sympathize with me having racist grandparents <laughs> um, at least yeah. at least hypothetically <laughs> <laughs> so this um a lot of the, this new talk about, because this has been an issue ever since, um, well, forever, I guess, before Elevator Gate, but it came to the fore with Elevator Gate. It's 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 everywhere. It's systemic. And anytime anybody gets called out on their privilege about it, or if I'm sorry, it's anytime anybody makes a comment about it, and it can be a very reasonable comment. It can just be like, a, hey, how about this? How about a, a anti-harassment, you know, um, policy or something? And then you just see 
the response to that, and it's it's just amazing. I mean, whatever you may think about Rebecca Watson, all she said was like, "Hey, eh, don't do that," and and the 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 lashback was just incredible. I know. Did you know that these guys were this really awful skit about it, and it was just horrifying. You know, the whole situation. That oh, I know what you're talking about. It was <laughs> terrible. Oh God. That was quite possibly the funniest skit in the history of irreligiosity. <laughs> of I don't know all what the you're things you've ever done, that skit was one of the only times I felt truly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like when you have a racist grandfather in the room and he just won't shut up about his racism. Hold on, Chuck. Oh. Chuck, this is your opportunity to apologize or double down. <laughs> I'd go for the double down. Matt, if you know anything about me, you know that I never apologize. It is never my fault. Uh, you have no estrogen vibe. That's your problem. That, no, that was like it was, was like misinterpreted that. by hysterical women who are overly sensitive <laughs> to feminist issues. Here's the official irreligiosity apology. We're sorry you didn't get it. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry that you were. <laughs> that is that satire, or that, is that parody? Uh, that skit was. Terrible. I will be the first to say that skit was an awful skit. It did not work. It wasn't funny. That's probably the most (laughs) offensive thing about it, was it wasn't funny. It wasn't, and it dragged on a little bit. Like, okay, it's still going. And uh, Was that the intertestamental? It was one of the podcasts that I enjoy and I listen to fairly often, and then it gets to the skit, and I'm like, oh, God, no. So, Leela, tell us what else you don't like about it. <laughs> well, I did want to say, you know, we're talking about um, not being able to recommend Dawkins books and things. And um, when I'm talking about the subject, I often will recommend a podcast that um, tipped me over the edge into atheism, which was you guys. Um, There's always a caveat when you uh, recommend this podcast. You, you can't recommend it without reservation. There's always a caveat. It's like recommending a Dawkins book now. I've got to right. make sure people share my sense of humor, yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. I found your guys' early podcast hilarious. And is that hypocritical of me? I'm not sure. Am I a bad feminist for that? <laughs> yes. <Maybe a> little- <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Now, when you say early podcast, do you mean the what is truth? That was that was the earliest one I can remember. What she means is the pre-Matt podcast. Pre-Matt? The, the funny <laughs> podcasts. Oh, my God. Yes, you do. When you recommend this podcast, you do have to put a little asterisk next to it. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Yeah, but start with advice to young men and move on from there. Cause... There you go. There you go. All right, that brings us to uh, Michael Shermer, Matt. Michael Shermer. I know you're a big fan of Michael Shermer. I've read everything he's ever written, and no, wait, I haven't read anything he's ever written. Except just, everything he's ever written. Except at all. I just know his name and just always assumed he was a stand-up guy because he's well, smart. Well, he's like the editor of Skeptic. He's a prominent skeptic, um, prominent in the atheist skeptical community. Uh, Leela, do you um, have you read any of uh, Shermer's works? Um, not really. I didn't know a whole lot about him. He's been on uh, Mr. Deity. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I've read Why People Believe in Weird Things, and I thought that was pretty good, actually. Um, 
but uh, I haven't really read anything since. And I've seen him debate, and I was kind of disappointed in his debate performance, and that kind of turned me off to him. I don't think he's... Uh, I don't know. I think he's a little overrated. But I had no idea there was an uh, entirely different side to him. Um, because, Matt, I, I don't attend atheist conferences. Nah, you went to one. I... Yeah, because you bought tickets and then failed to show up. <laughs> Fucker. So you should come to New Zealand Skeptics Conference coming up in December. New Zealand Skeptics? Yeah. Is Shermer going to be there? No, but um, the um, Skeptics Guide folks will be. Skeptics Guide novella? Yeah, yeah that's right. Awesome. You think novella will hit on me? You have to line up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> So Shermer, apparently, unbeknownst to me, has a somewhat of a, a reputation um, for being uh, God. How, how do I say this? A ladies' man. Reputation for being a ladies' man. I, yeah. well, let's just start with uh, when he kind of came to the fore in the in the movement uh, for this type of thing, and that was in August 2013. Uh, PZ Myers posts on a blog, so he is apparently contacted by. Um, a woman uh, who he does not name. She wishes to remain unnamed. Uh, and he uh, titles this post, What do you do when someone pulls the pin and hands you a grenade? Um, you put the pin back in it. Well, yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> oh, wait. Maybe they have the pin. Maybe they have yeah. the pin. You just got to hold on to it like for a long time, right? So it doesn't... Can you just click on it so it doesn't explode? Get some duct tape, I suppose. <laughs> There, we've solved your problem. I think I'm pushing this metaphor too far. (laughs) Um, So, uh, without naming this person, he quotes uh, an email that she sent him. At a conference, Mr. Shermer coerced me into a position where I could not consent and then had sex with me. I wanted to share the story in case it helps anyone else ward off a similar situation from happening. Uh, Ever since, I've heard stories about him doing things. Five different people have directly told me that they did the same thing to them. I wanted to just say something and warn people, and I didn't know how. I hope this protects someone. So so this set off a firestorm of controversy uh, because PZ named names. And I have to admit, Matt, to a little bit of uh, irritation at PZ initially uh, because I thought he was being fairly cavalier about the whole thing. Um, and it's tough for me as a third party to evaluate someone who's uh, an unnamed source, right? PZ right. knows who she is, but I don't. I can't evaluate that. And so um, at this point, I'm not quite sure what to think of uh, the whole thing. Um, but Yeah, it was, a, it was a little shocking. I mean, he said on the post, he said, I have no personal direct evidence that the event occurred as described. All I can say is the author is known to me, and she's also been vouched for by one other person I trust. Yes, at the time, I was like, oh, so you're gonna you're gonna print that you're gonna print this 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 thing you don't really know about, but you know like we've said before, <laughs> he turns out to be right a lot of the time, even when he's bugging me. Right, even when you get irritated with him, um, you know the the more you learn about the thing, it turns out that you, you know he's he's usually right, and and I think that's what happened uh, in this case. So the timeline: Th- this event happened in June of two thousand eight. The person um, actually has come out now. Uh, her name is Allison Smith. She was named in the BuzzFeed article 
by Mark Oppenheimer that kind of brought all this back to the forefront of the uh, atheist and skeptical uh, conversation. So um, Allison Smith in June of 2008 meets Michael Shermer in a hallway at uh, TAM. And he invites her to a party for drinks. Right At some point she notices he's not drinking, uh, but he's still filling up her glass right, right full of wine. Uh, she becomes drunk and starts wandering back to her hotel room. He follows her, takes her to his hotel room instead. They have sex. Those, I believe, those details uh, are not disputable. They're not in question. I think they've been admitted by both parties. Is that correct? Slightly. Doesn't he say that they went for some hours-long walk until they were both sober, and and then they both knowingly decided to go off and have sex? Yes, there are additional details that are disputed, <laughs> but I think those are the facts uh, that aren't in question. So whether she's drunk at the time or not, she says she is, he says she's not, they're sober. Uh, we'll kind of evaluate now. So uh, four years later, in May of 2012, <clears throat> there's a blog post on the Friendly Atheist called It's Almost Time to Start Naming Names uh, about, quote, male speakers behaving badly toward women at conferences. One of the comments named Shermer at that time. I think it's the first comment on that blog post. Uh, She said, Michael Shermer is the worst offender I've heard of and experienced personally, just to name a name. He's the one with the reputation of trying to sleep with a new-to-the-movement young woman every Tam, and that's hardly the worst about him. I believe that's the first time he's he's named as uh, involved in, like, creepy behavior or predatory, that sort of thing, right? That's the first I heard of it. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I hadn't heard of that either. So it's a so year... All I need to do is get a ticket to TAM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My God, it's apparently a free-for-all over at TAM. So it was a year after that that uh, PZ posted his uh, blog post about the grenade, right? And then a year after PZ's post, and, and at the t- time of uh, PZ's post, I think Shermer threatened to sue him. Right, he, he said, "You need to take the post down. I'm going to sue you for defamation, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. PZ kept the post up, and uh, that lawsuit never came to fruition. And I think later details will kind of show why. I think the worst thing that Shermer could do at this point is to have people uh, on record, multiple witnesses telling what they saw. In the does PZ actually say? this is true, or does he say, this is what I have been told? Because wouldn't that also be a defense in all of it? Yes. I think PZ was very careful about what he said. I think he said that, um, I, I have no personal knowledge of the event, but this, yeah. is, this is what I've been told. So uh, September 2014 is when the BuzzFeed article by Mark Oppenheimer comes out, and that essentially is about, I think the title is, Will Misogyny Bring Down the Atheist Movement? And it's primarily about Shermer, although there's uh, quite a bit in there um, about other people. But it's mostly about Shermer. So in the BuzzFeed article, and I believe this is the first time that Allison actually allows herself to be named. Um, She comes forward. She says in this story, I ran into Shermer in the hallway. Apparently they began talking. Uh, Shermer invited her to a scotch and cigar party at the Caesars Palace Hotel. Quote, uh, he was talking about future articles we could write. And he mentioned this party and asked if I could come, and I said yes, end quote. So at the party, they began downing drinks. At some point, Smith said, I realized he wasn't drinking them. He was hiding them underneath the table and pretending to drink them. I was drunk. After that, it gets kind of blurry. I started to walk back to my hotel room, and he followed and caught up with me. 
He offered to walk me back to my room, but walked me to his instead. I don't have a clear memory of what happened after that. I know we had sex. So um, at some point after that, she stumbled over to her hotel room, and she said within maybe a half an hour. So this whole uh, timeline uh, for her going into Sherman's room and her going out to the uh, hallway out of her room and talking to a conference organizer was about two hours. She said she spent about a half hour in her, her hotel room and then stumbled out and found a conference organizer, talked to him about it, brought up the word rape at the time, uh, very distraught, and uh, said she didn't want to uh, stay in the hotel. She wanted to go to a condo outside of the hotel. And uh, he tried to escort her out of the hotel, and uh, hotel security and staff saw her, that she was stumbling around and was so drunk that they, they got a wheelchair and had to wheel her out of the hotel. Oh, wow. I hadn't heard that. So, uh, shortly after this article is published, that is corroborated by Jeff Wagg, who uh, was a former um, general manager of the James Randi Educational Foundation and one of the conference organizers at that TAM. Uh, He says, quote, Allison's timeline is correct. Approximately 30 minutes after I took her back to her room, she asked to be taken to the condo. She was having trouble walking to the car, which is in the back valet area. Security noticed this and stopped us and then offered a wheelchair to help her to get to the car. We accepted. I took her to the condo, stayed for a while, and then returned to the Flamingo to get ready for the next day of TAM. I have no way of knowing what went on behind closed doors, but I do know that Allison was very upset and very drunk. And what she told me that night matches what she's saying now. So this is from uh, the guy who was there in the hallway when she stumbled out of her hotel room. So then, being good atheists and skeptics, we want to go and see what... Michael Shermer has to say about this whole thing, right? We want to get the story from him. What does he have to say? He actually wrote an email to one of the uh, conference organizers, because when this all went down in 2008, Allison either talked to Jeff Wagg or some other conference organizers because they emailed Michael Shermer about this whole thing. And then Michael Shermer wrote back uh, the following email. I wanted to let you know that I tracked down the source of those vicious rumors about Allison Smith and that I mentioned to you uh, at the Scotch Cigar Party that Thursday night where a couple of young guys in their 20s. Anyway, as you know, at these parties, everyone gets pretty smashed and has a good time, and there's a lot of flirting and such. Uh, by the way, Michael Shermer's, what, 60-something right now? Uh, I think he is 60. There's a <laughs> bunch of young guys in their 20s. I think Allison Smith is at this time 26. Anyway, he goes on. Allison showed up around 11.30, and of course, she's young and cute, and these two guys were panting big time to be with her. But she obviously wasn't interested in them that way, and was just moving around the room, having fun. But when she was hanging on me now and then, I could tell you that these guys were really pissed off. Long story short, later the next day, after talking to you, I saw both of them standing together and confronted them about the gossip rumors, and one of them admitted he was mad at me because he felt like I was preventing him from... In his words, quote, getting into her pants. It's called cock-locking. Yeah. So, yeah, again, apparently at these atheist conferences, everyone's trying to get into everyone else's pants. It's some massive uh, dating service. That's how I've always used them. Yeah, of course. Me too. Not a dating service. More like a hookup. (laughs) It's the uh, the Tinder Tinder, of conferences. Exactly. (laughs) The Tinder app of atheist conferences. Although I heard Dragon Con is the one to go to for that. Mm, yeah, it's more fan slash Vicky because everyone's cosplaying. It's really yeah. good. <laughs> A lot of furries, you know. <laughs> well, I'll keep that in mind. 
back to Shermie says, so basically they admitted that it was them spreading the nonsense that I was trying to get Allison drunk and take advantage of her. For the record, ah. by the way, most of the people at that party, Allison especially, could drink me under the table, no problem. People kept pouring me scotch, and after a while I was pretending to drink it and then drinking water instead. And at one point, Allison said something like, hey, he's not really drinking his scotch, so I was busted and everyone gave me a hard time. Uh, in good fun, of course. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> That's how that goes. Hey, he's not drinking. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, he's pretending to drink scotch while pouring her drinks. What a lark. <laughs> what a lark. Anyway, I wanted you to know that Allison is a good kid, and this was just a typical gossip rumor that goes on all the time, uh, but that I'm a bigger target than most in this small skeptical pond, so I have to be especially careful, Michael. So that's his email written in or around the time uh, that this uh, initially happened in 2008. Problem solved. So you might be wondering what James Randi has to say about this, because isn't Tam the amazing meeting under the purview of uh, James Randi? Isn't it his thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Tam is sponsored by the JRF, right? By the James Randi Educational Foundation. Yeah. So you might think, yeah, you might think James Randi, um, professional musician and, and famous skeptic, magician, not magician. magician. Yeah, magician? he's yeah the amazing meeting named after James Randi, the amazing Randi, as he called yes. himself. James, the amazing Randi. Uh, Oppenheimer gets in touch with him, and he says, uh, "Shermer has been a bad boy on occasion." I do know that. I have told him that if I get many more complaints from people, I have reason to believe that I'm going to have to limit his attendance at the conference. His reply is he had a bit too much to drink and he doesn't remember. Oh. I, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. I've never been drunk in my life. It's an unfortunate thing. I haven't seen him doing that. But I get the word from people in the organization that he has to be under better control. If he had gotten violent, I'd have him out of there immediately. I've just heard that he misbehaved himself with women, which is, I guess, what men do when they are drunk. So, oh, thank God he's not violent, Matt. He's just right. uh, It's just what we do when we're drunk. And Isn't right. one of the only things that are in agreement between both of their stories that he was sober? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Purposely sober. He's pretending to drink, but not drinking. Uh, so, yeah. So, God. That's uh, right off the bat is a lie from Sherman. I love how he told them that if you don't stop raping people, I'm going to have to limit your attendance. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he didn't say it like that. But. but, you know, someone who's apparently amazingly randy just told him that he's been a very bad boy. So it should be fine now, right? Oh, you bad boy. A this bad is how boy on yeah. occasion. That, that's how he characterizes this behavior. A bad boy. You know, boys will be boys, Matt. You know, yeah, mix boys with alcohol. Yeah, they rape women. It just it happens. Everybody knows it. Everybody expects it. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's some there's some he said she said going on. It's pretty dodgy all around. And then Randy, <laughs> <laughs> you just bring it right around, don't you? <laughs> well, I'm pretty nope. sure that just a lady's presence at a conference where people are drinking means. That's consent right there. If she shows up, she's consenting to whatever happens. Oh, no, that, that happens with uh, Shermer's latest version of the events. So when um, – oh. and I love how the, the, the fact that um, Randy's okay with multiple complaints, apparently, about <laughs> Shermer being a bad boy. Uh, no violence, though. But as long as it's only with women. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Um, well, a couple more times, uh, Shermer. Seriously. And I'll have to do something about it. Does Randy mean the same thing in America that it does in New Zealand and Australia? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, he is known as the Amazing Horny the, person. <laughs> James the Amazing Horn Dog. <laughs> James the Amazing Horny is uh, cautioning Shermer. Oh, God. So uh, that brings us to Shermer's latest version of the events. After the Oppenheimer article, uh, Shermer has, has published a um, a revised edition, shall we say, of what happened in June of 2008. So let me just read the relevant part to you, Matt, uh, and Leela. Late one night at the June 2008 TAM, around 10 or 11, I wandered over to someone's suite of the hotel where there was a party going on. It was jammed with people. Everyone was drinking and having fun. I talked to lots of people, including Allison, whom I knew reasonably well. We were talking and flirting, and after some time, she took me by the hand and led me to the bathroom and closed the door behind us, where she proceeded to proposition me in a very direct, assertive, and physical fashion. I was taken aback. Sex in a hotel bathroom isn't my idea of a romantic evening. Plus, I could tell she'd been drinking. So I encouraged her to put herself back together and rejoin the party. We went back to mingling with the crowd, and a short while after that, we went outside to get some fresh air, and we ended up walking and talking for a couple hours out on the Las Vegas Strip. We did not drink for the several hours we talked together after the sweet incident. She was sober, I was sober, I invited her back to my room, and she willingly accepted my invitation. Well, there you have it. Sober, consensual sex. Aha! Because that's how... Right, you don't just um, maybe get tired and throw up and fall asleep after the, that blackout drunk that she apparently was. You just after a few hours, you're just sober and it's fine. You just you just walk it off. Um, That's right. Probably drive. I'd I've, say. <laughs> I find it very interesting, and I imagine I don't know, but I imagine Shermer um, had this composed uh, with some attorneys. Because there's some stuff in here you can tell he's gearing up for a possible lawsuit, right? Uh, she, by the way, propositioned Shermer first in the bathroom of all places. Uh, oh. Very direct, assertive, and very physical. And so so here you have the, the argument where she's obviously a slut. And as we all know, if someone is a slut, once they give permission and consent, that permission uh, lasts for the rest of eternity, for whatever sexual act that comes their way. Right. Well, that just goes without saying, doesn't it? Right. So all you have to do is establish, and there's no other reason to put that in there. And I'll tell you this, I don't believe it at all. Uh, Shermer already has lied to, to James Randi, uh, and there's a, a certainly a uh, an ulterior motive for putting this in here. A, the slut-shaming, obviously. B, um, you're, she's giving pre-consent to any future sexual activity. And, and C, you want to demean her character and punish her for uh, causing this whole mess in the first place. It's really all Allison's fault. Right. But Look I, at this woman. That she's not a virgin, therefore probably a prostitute. Right, right. She's not chaste uh, like a woman should be. Uh, she's bold, she's assertive, she's physical. Uh, and, and clearly, like I said... That means she she then consents to all sex uh, from anyone in the future, ever. Is that the same bathroom where people are hanging out with their feet in the bath, which he mentions in his first story? <laughs> Couldn't they corroborate his story? Are there other people in this bathroom? I love, too, the fact that, you know, he's so chivalrous um, because sex in the hotel bathroom isn't his idea of a romantic evening, but uh, drunken sex in his hotel room. 
oh my god uh that you know light the fucking candles and lay down the rose petals that's romantic hey you know don't judge chuck drunken sex in a hotel room at a fucking atheist conference yes sign in, me up it was in vegas right yeah i mean that's i'm right I'm, I'll, I'll, i'd go to that i'd go to that meeting and yeah Hey, we don't have any rose petals, but we'll just put all the beer cap lids on the on the. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And see how he's changing his story too from the initial email, which he didn't think was going to get published. Uh, there's no mention of Allison uh, propositioning him in the initial email, and there's no mention of any uh, you know him walking out uh, for a couple hours on the Las Vegas Strip. The only purpose of putting that in is to give enough time for her to sober up. That's it. You're just laying some future groundwork for a court case saying, oh, come on. It's her word against mine. And clearly, we walked so long that all the alcohol metabolized out of her system, and clearly she was able to give consent. We were both sober. Look, based on the logic we're presenting here, I'm pretty sure I have carte blanche to fuck Shimmer up the ass anytime I want. (laughs) Given his previous behavior, he's clearly a slut. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely true. And this not only, you know, I'm portraying this as an isolated incident because I haven't mentioned anything else so far, but she's not kidding when she said there are at least five other uh, people. Uh, I looked on a brief search online. uh, There's someone who claims that Shermer drunkenly attempted to grope uh, her breast. There's another person who said that Shermer uh, was fondling himself for several minutes while talking to her. Uh, there's another person who said that uh, Shermer... Keys. Your keys are, he's looking for his keys. <laughs> for several minutes, playing a game of pocket pool, apparently. Um, there's a guy who said that Shermer propositioned his wife to, have, to, to go outside, to go somewhere more comfortable. While he was standing there, he whispered in her ear. In front of him, I, uh, uh, so this is not an isolated incident, and and clearly and that also man is incredibly honoured. <laughs> exactly, a man of, of Shermer's stature, absolutely. Good and God, not, this guy's my hero. Now. Not to mention James Randi's comments about him being a bad boy on occasion, and it's gotten so egregious that even James Randi might have to limit his attendance at the conference. For God's sakes, possibly. Maybe. Possibly. I might have to do something drastic like perhaps uh, limit your uh, speaking time. You know, something really terrible. So at the very least, what we have here is an asshole who's at the forefront of the uh, atheist movement acting like a total creepy sexual predator. At the best, that is the best spin I can put on it. Uh, Serially, uh, at conference after conference, doing this shit to multiple different people abusing his position and his status and stature within the movement to prey upon women. That's the best case scenario. He's an atheist. Without God, anything is permissible. (laughs) That's correct. But can we just go on the record here that we are not anti-conference or con shagging? Because I have seen the photos of online of the cosplay (laughs) Snape and the Doctor together. Hello? What? <laughs> and, um, and that's to be encouraged, okay? It's no, there's, there's nothing wrong. I, I'm i a hearty endorser of drunken sex, as long as, as everybody goes into it, <laughs> if that's their intention. If you want to get drunk and have sex, go do it. Just as make long, sure the other person who's drunk also wants to have sex. As long as both people are able to consent, do whatever the fuck you want, all right? 
I uh, I probably just let me know what hotel you people are in, and I'll get a different one. <laughs> I or, propose I'm, I'm going to start bringing a fucking ultraviolet light to these fucking hotels if I. Oh my god! Conferences. Don't do that. <laughs> I used to clean hotels. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> Here, here's what I propose: a systems, a color coded system of badges. Uh, if you want to get drunk and have sex and you wear one color, if you just want to get drunk but do not wish to be assaulted while you're drunk, you have to have another color. Um, if you're going to be sober. And- how, about the, what, how about for women who want to get drunk but also want to testify against and jail a man? What color badge would that be? That would be the black badge. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's impossible? We you already wear those both. badges at all times. They're called breasts. <laughs> it signifies that exact situation. <laughs> uh, that's a hundred percent of the female attendance. Yes, at the conference. Wait, are you saying that I must judge a woman's uh, like willingness to have sex by her nipples, <laughs> or did I misjudge? <laughs> I think I misheard that. Cut that! Cut that! No, no, that was pretty much. I believe that was exactly the oh. sentiment she was attempting to convey, Matt. Oh Good God! Job. I'm a bad <laughs> Good job, Matt. Lila Moses told me that <laughs> if your nipples are hard, that means you want to have sex. Holy shit. No, no, I'm saying that if the woman has breasts, <laughs> she wants to be able to accuse you of rape in a court of law at all Oh, time. God. Okay. That's, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> According to Dawkins, all yeah. women want to testify against and jail a man. According to the MRAs, that's, that's it. And, and they that- know this. Yeah, if you want to do that, then you can't get drunk. Unfortunately, that's that's the price you pay. Well, if you, what if you just regret it? You can accuse rape at that point. I think that's what it is. Well, that that came out with the uh, Smith case, where people said that you know, oh, this is clearly a case of buyer's remorse when she felt bad that she had sex with Shermer, and the next morning uh, regretted it, and so that's why she's saying all this. Uh, clearly, uh, it, uh, it turns out that's not the case because the, the timeline she gives was corroborated by one of the co- conference organizers. And I'd like to say that her story hasn't changed from the very beginning. Shermer's has, possibly after he has consulted with several attorneys. <laughs> Good God. So I, yeah. I, I was not a big fan of Shermer before this. I, um, I now um, am convinced that he's an absolute douchebag. I mean, if... If you are a prominent atheist who has stature within the movement, you should have been the person in that room uh, least likely to take advantage of that. Uh, Shermer should have been the person who perhaps called hotel security to escort her to her room instead of taking advantage of the situation and his stature within the movement. Or if he thought they would both be into it, how about asking her earlier in the night rather than following her to her room and directing her elsewhere? I mean... Uh, right, perhaps you, you know. Have to intentionally get someone drunk in order for them to say yes. It's not really um, showing a lot of confidence in yourself or in their willingness, is it? So I, you know, I uh, I was on the fence a little bit about naming people two years ago. I think I've come off that fence now. Uh, this is a type of behavior, uh, and Dawkins' behavior, and Harris's probably to a, a lesser extent. Uh, but the, the doubling down is worrisome. Yeah. 
that that needs to be called out i think and and it needs to uh be shamed i think uh they need to the even our leader you know that's no excuse if they're it's it's worse these prominent atheists should be the leading lights the the role models of our movement uh these aren't fringe people saying this stuff these are our thought leaders they should be the the people who have the most uh, invested in uh, making themselves and the movement look good. They should be on an entirely different pedestal and hold themselves to a higher standard than this shit that we've seen. Well, that's what that's what we'd like out of them. Shermer just wants to get laid, I think. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, God, I can't tell you how despicable it is to trade on your position and stature within the movement to get boned at an atheist conference. Yeah, and the and the problem is that uh, that people like that that powerful. Uh, men in that kind of position, their behavior still just gets uh, laughed off, or or just like you know they add to the brandy displays. Boys, ah, boys, will, boys. Be boys. will be boys. Exactly. Oh, he's just misbehaving with women. That's yes. Fun. No. Let's let's check. Uh, who was harmed? Oh, just women. Okay. All right. Thank God. We thought it was people. Get back. <laughs> Get back to me when someone important is harmed. <laughs> Well, now Shermer's getting his reputation's getting harmed. Now we're talking about it. So, well, oh, now people are being harmed. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and thus the backlash, right? Right. Oh my God, a man's reputation is at stake. Well, fuck you, Shermer. Uh, I'm going to continue not to attend your conferences. <laughs> I'm going to continue not buying your books. I'm extending my boycott. I'm going to go to his conference, but then I'm going to walk out. <laughs> Wait, do I have to buy a ticket for that? So, uh, this the solution, what's your solution to the misogyny and the atheist movement now that we've now that we've marched it all out? How do we complain. solve this problem? No, I only complain. I don't offer a solution. Yeah, my solution <laughs> is ignore it and eventually these people will die. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Great. All right, thanks for listening. Okay, um, I'm, I'm 26, so I've probably got longer. <clears throat> That's true. That's true. I'm 42. But, I don't have that much long. i got to do yeah. something, Matt. Uh, I'm going to organize uh, a boycott. Boycott these fuckers, Harris Dawkins Def- and Shermer. Definitely you need good – for at least conferences anyway, you need a good policy – you need good policies in place. And you need people who are willing to enforce them. You know, yeah, I don't know if the, the TAM has a harassment policy in place, but you got to fucking enforce it. I think they do now, finally. Um, oh, thank God. Is another thing. So, um, what? What do? You, okay, so sexual harassment policies. We need policies in place. Uh, what else? You have to call out their behavior. Then you have to minimize uh, their influence. Uh, yeah. Yes. You don't. You don't have to. Sh- well, I don't know if they've if they've done irreprehensible behavior. Then yeah, shun them. But um, I, I mean, believe, I believe I'm not going to buy books anymore. I didn't buy Harris's books anyway. So <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I'm no gonna say. problem there. I'm continuing. You're not going to buy any books at all ever again. Not not of people that whose behavior I find objectionable. That's the marketplace. That's what we do here in the states. We let the market decide. I've so. bought uh, <laughs> I bought quite a few Dawkins books, and I, I will not be purchasing yeah. them in the future. Yeah. I, no. I'm embarrassed by the number of Dawkins books on my bookshelf now. Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I'll see what happens with Harris. Um, I have, I have. He doesn't have any books I really want to buy at the moment. So Harris, um, the misogyny is a problem. Uh, but my biggest problem with Harris is uh, he 
just he's unreadable. He's oh my god, he's oh. oh he's terrible. I've heard so many good things about him. I never got around to reading his books, but yeah. good luck. Go for it. <laughs> I dare you. Uh, can I borrow one? Does anybody have one I can borrow so I don't have to buy one? <laughs> There's these things called libraries. <laughs> Library. <laughs> a book without paying for it. What? What sort of witchery is this? I know. What sort of New Zealand uh, feudal society do you live in? Right. Some sort of barter system? Anti-capitalistic <laughs> communist pig society. Are you saying anybody can just go and, like, <laughs> like quote, check out a book? That's and then just right. bring it back when they're done? Series of the boys, Garth Ennis comic books, on my table right now, and I did not pay a cent. Oh, my God. <laughs> what kind of illegal scam are you running over there? Oh, you, you have to come. You have to come. <laughs> oh, hey, Matt. Chuck's going to come all right. Matt, can you? <laughs> I thought I'd just make this podcast sexist. Oh, my God. I didn't. I already did a good job of that. Matt, <laughs> Matt I've come three times already. Uh, <laughs> only I, sorry. I don't know what to say to that. Where's that came? I came three times already? I don't know what the. I don't know how to conjugate that verb. <laughs> so I also want to get. Um, your opinion, Leela, of the uh, atheist movement as it exists right now, um, because I think your your opinion is probably a little different uh, from your perspective in New Zealand as opposed to uh, the United States. What do you think? I'm right now. I'll tell you right now my opinion. I'm extremely disappointed in the atheist movement as a whole. I, I'm, I'm having a harder time identifying myself with it as it exists right now. Yeah, I I guess I'm not very very good. Um... A good person to ask. I sort of feel like it's cannibalizing itself, and there's this weird insistence that we all have to be one, and and it's causing people to focus more on fighting each other than um, laughing at Christians, which is our real goal, isn't it? It should be. And maybe, maybe we just need to accept that, I mean, we, we've got some broad general things that we agree on, but, you know, maybe we just don't have to... Be one movement. That we are different people. I wonder if that's really the solution, is that to use the same tactics we use against the Christians to uh, attack our leaders. Not not with violence or anger, but just to make fun of them. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, the Christians or the religious people have religious organizations have very different viewpoints on a lot of things, but they still manage to come together and fuck us all over with um, birth control and, and all these sorts of things, you know, while continuing to not get along in all these other areas. Maybe we could do that. It would be nice if we could get together on the overarching issues. Yeah. Religion bad. Although it's, it's, it's tough. Atheism good. If we can't even agree that sexism is bad, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much in common I have with these people. Well, I think in researching this, I can't remember where I found it, but it was something um, kind of talking about how there's this sort of more liberal, left-wingy um, atheist group and this more libertarian atheist group. And that's where a lot of the issue comes in, is that there's two very separate sort of philosophies that are both atheists. Now that is that is true. Michael Shermer and Penn Jillette are both avowed libertarians. Yeah. 
it would be nice if we could uh, agree that there are differences in between all of the various groups and that some people, uh, especially in some of the most prominent members of our uh, atheist movement, are just assholes. We just need to admit it. We're, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just assholes. Uh, but, but Matt, what I need you to do is write a book called Mere Atheism. Where you just Mere distill atheism down to its most common denominator that everyone can get around. You could be the C.S. Lewis of the 21st century. The C.S. Lewis of atheism. Oh, what a title. <laughs> what I've always wanted. And you'll have to include this in your book. Yes. Atheisticus, okay. god of the humanists, bringer of storms. <laughs> Fair Atheisticus. <laughs> and it will be published by the Irreluminati, obviously. <laughs> that is uh, taken from the Infinity Strain, Matt. Oh, okay. I'm waiting for the movie. I'm too lazy. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We need to put out a movie called Atheisticus is Not Dead. <laughs> <laughs> he is surely alive. <laughs> Excellent. So we can end the podcast with a call for a unification of the atheist movement. We uh, accept all assholes, all misogynists, all feminists, because the important thing really is to fuck those Christians over. <laughs> Remember? I think that's something we can all get behind. <laughs> and don't right. be Christian. It's not just the Christians we want to fuck over. What? Who else? The Muslims. Oh. The that's Hindus. True. That's true. The Buddhists. We need to fuck all those religions over. I don't want to be considered a uh, religionist. Yeah, a spiritualist. Is that a thing now, religionist? I, w- <laughs> I will uh, fuck over all religions equally. I'd also like to add this. Don't don't give up on the movement, though. I've been uh, I've been reading a lot of different articles with different people. How saying they're just they're just out. They're out because they can't they can't take the uh, the sexism and. And basically the same behavior you see in the things that we criticize. Um, and so they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of it now. I, I can't – I, I don't want to be a part of it anymore. It's almost like being in a hate group. Don't give up. <laughs> Stay in the movement. I will admit some despair. I have the despair, but I'm not leaving. You're going to have to listen to my horrible grating voice <laughs> still. Still. Or maybe Leela can replace me. I'll go on vacation. Leela, I've been looking for a new co-host. No, <laughs> oh, no. We like Matt. Bring back Matt. <laughs> no one likes Matt. No one likes me. Uh, it's, just, it's just the burden I have to live with. <laughs> Look, I don't have a degree in Hastingsology or Hovendology. All I have is a doctorate of irreligiosophy. <laughs> and that's fucking worthless. So <laughs> we need more. <laughs> It's worth exactly as uh, much as my philosophy degree. I'll I'll give you that. Have should, we covered it? <laughs> yeah, should we wrap it up? Should we wrap it yeah. up? All right. I don't know. Maybe a Halloween podcast coming up next. What do you think, Matt? Oh, that's right. Uh, for sure. Thanks again, Leela. You are awesome. Thanks, Thank guys. It's so much fun getting to you. Bye. <laughs> Awesome, 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 awesome.
here.